On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Folks in Illinois are going to be moving to Iowa and a few others are going to be coming here. It's been another record-setting year for Iowa business filings. We'll have details on the numbers and some important resources. There is optimism among Iowa's businesses as 2024 approaches, but a fair amount of caution as well. And in our business profile, we'll revisit an Eastern Iowa bank that is spearheading development and growth in a major downtown area. This is the Iowa Business Report for the final weekend of 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. 2023 saw another record-breaking year for the number of businesses registered with the Iowa Secretary of State's office. And many of those businesses utilize the services of America's Small Business Development Center to maximize their potential. I connected via Zoom for a year-end review with Iowa Secretary of State Paul Pate and Aaron Strawhacker, Associate State Director for SBDC Iowa. I look forward to seeing another record-breaking year, as you mentioned. The exciting news for Iowans is that out of the last eight years, seven of those, we've seen record-breaking cycles. More small businesses getting started every single day. In fact, this year alone, we had 34,566 to be exact. New businesses, that's 2,000 more than last year, in fact. That speaks volumes. That's that's confidence in wanting to be a part of these communities. It's not just in Waterloo or Des Moines. This is right on Main Street in uh, smaller communities across our state. So we're pretty pumped up about that. And my goal is to make sure we streamline it and make it as user-friendly as possible. As Ronald Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help you. I want to make a point here. We really genuinely are here to help you by cutting red tape where we can. You connect with your peers around the country, Mr. Secretary. Is this number, the growth in Iowa, is that something we're seeing across the country? Is Iowa a little more robust in that realm as opposed to some other states? Other states have seen growth, but I don't know if other states have seen the same consistency we've had here when you talk about looking at seven out of eight years having positive growth. Iowa has always had stability. We may not see these spikes like you'll see in Florida or Texas or in the olden days, California. We've had a more consistent growth, which makes it, frankly, more manageable because it allows us to be able to put the resources behind supporting those businesses. And I mean that in the standpoint of cities and trying to make sure they have infrastructure and the state in its role to make sure we have a workforce. Mr. Strawhacker, we have had folks from America's Small Business Development Center on the program before, but for those who are not aware, tell us about SBDC Iowa, who you are and what you do. Small Business Development Center is a nationwide program funded through the Small Business Administration. In Iowa, we are hosted by Iowa State University, and we have partnerships with the other two regents institutions and 11 community colleges across the state. Those strong partnerships allow us to cover all 99 counties where we offer no-cost, customized, and confidential business counseling services at any stage in the business life cycle. That's from startup to succession planning. So what have you been hearing lately? Uh, Secretary Pate just talked about the large number of business filings and new small business, et cetera. 
Is there a trend that you're seeing in terms of the types of information people are seeking from your team? Anytime we see a rise in interest rates, lenders get a little bit more tight on their requirements. And so a lot of business owners are needing to do more research about their market, which without a doubt, they are seeing that the markets in Iowa are strong, but it's just putting those facts and figures together and telling a full story, which is something that we pride ourselves in helping every business owner on. Mr. Secretary, you've talked about trying to streamline the process, and as a small business owner yourself, we've talked before about how the burdens of paperwork get in the way of what it is you want to do. Do you find that with some of the streamlining, those burdens are being lifted so that folks are actually able to pursue their dreams, where in the past it was just another hurdle and it seems insurmountable and they didn't even try? I believe so. I want to say that I think every little bit helps. Because you're focusing on growing your dream and doing that during, I call it the daytime hours. And the government stuff comes on the evenings and the weekends. So we try to make sure, at least from my side of it, we want to be a true uh, portal for small businesses. So we want to make sure it's as accessible as possible 24-7. We have the fast track filings, of course, which means people can literally file something in five or 10 minutes online about any time of the day they want to. So they're not having to wait for some government office to open up. Those are pieces of it. But also for my role as a statewide elected official, I try to provide a bully pulpit or a point of reference where we can have a roundtable of discussions so small businesses can share ideas. And that's what I'm putting a plug in for my good colleagues here, Small Business Development Center. That's a big part of what they're doing is putting those people in the same room so they can compare, you know, how did you do it? Uh, How can I do better? And uh, it works. We saw uh, Iowa's had a consistent growth, as we mentioned. In fact, we just launched a new video initiative that we're putting out that is basically tips for success. It's entrepreneurs, small business owners across Iowa, big towns, small towns, who share just a few insights on how do they survive COVID? How do they deal with getting suppliers? Kind of whet your appetite a little bit to give you a taste and hopefully inspire small businesses to know that they're not alone. Mr. Strawhacker, we use the phrase small business. And that can be a broad definition depending on who's speaking. Give us a sense from your office's standpoint, how do you define a small business? Does it have to do with employees? Does it have to do with what they do? Does it have to do with income? What? The federal definition of a small business is 500 employees or fewer. Typically, a business with 20 or more employees has a lot more capacity to bring on strategic thinkers and business consultants in-house. Where we see our sweet spot is really in the 1 to 20 phase. That's where businesses can really use a lot of expert guidance that they don't necessarily have the capacity to bring in-house. When you look around the state of Iowa and you think about a business with 500 or fewer employees, that's a, a really broad category. But as you say, you're focusing on the startups. You're focusing on the folks who maybe someday they want to get there, but they may never get to any more than 20, 25, 50 employees. That's a pretty robust operation as well. It is. And we really want people to know that you don't need to grow to 500 employees or more to run a successful business in Iowa. You can be extremely successful with fewer people and just bringing in a lot of the resource partners around the state through the Small Business Development Center, through our friends at the Secretary of State Office. There's a lot of people here to help those smaller businesses. How can people contact the Small Business Development Center Iowa? 
The Small Business Development Center Iowa website is www.iowasbdc.org, or you are welcome to call our state office. We will connect you with one of our regional centers, and that phone number is 515-294-2030. And Mr. Secretary, for the business aspect of the Secretary of State's office, the best place to start online is what? SOS.iowa, spelled out, iowa.gov. And that'll get you right to where you need to get out there and get what you need. And and I'm going to put a plug in here just to remind people how important these small businesses are. We've talked about those quite a bit here. But when you look at it, small businesses make up about 99% of the number of businesses in the state. 99%. Granted, the big companies employ a lot of people. But when you look at the big numbers, we're talking 1.6 million people who are employed in this state of ours right now. About half of those come from small business and the other half are from the larger companies as well. So we've got a good mix in Iowa, and that's what we want to build on is our strengths. And I can't say enough about the fact that these small businesses can share their success stories with their colleagues and their peers and help get them through some of the hurdles as they're trying to move forward and grow. As Austin's already put a plug in, we're not trying to grow all Fortune 500 companies here. But frankly, as a former chamber person myself and, and helping grow jobs as a mayor in Cedar Rapids, I welcome having as many ribbon cuttings as I can during a week. I would welcome putting out press releases to demonstrate that these uh, mom and pop shops are hiring one more person. Because if you take that many businesses, uh, in our case, uh, 279,932 incorporated here, that's a lot. If they all added one employee, we wouldn't have a problem on that front. We could look at the other end of it, and that is folks in Illinois are going to be moving to Iowa, and a few others are going to be coming here. Paul Pate is Iowa's Secretary of State. Aaron Strawhacker is Associate State Director for America's Small Business Development in Iowa. We connected via Zoom on Tuesday, December 19th. Still to come... Investing in growing the business. And later, a business that focuses on its local community. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. A new year brings new opportunities for Iowa soybean farmers. From biofuels and policy to a changing market landscape, many factors impact the value of Iowa soybean crop. Learn about these trends and more by attending Farm Forward, powered by the Iowa Soybean Association, on January 30th. Register today at IASoybeans.com and position your farm for success in 2024 and beyond. The Iowa Soybean Association, driven to deliver for Iowa's 40,000 soybean farmers. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. The new quarterly survey of members conducted by the Iowa Association of Business and Industry shows signs of optimism through capital investment, but a more cautious outlook on workforce and sales. Mike Ralston is president of Iowa ABI. He broke down key findings from the new data. As you know, Jeff, we look at three main things to start with. Do you expect sales to go up or down? Do you expect employment to go up or down? Do you intend to make a capital expenditure? And again, this is a capital expenditure, a plant expansion or a multi-million dollar piece of equipment. It's not just you're going to buy more bells and whistles. 
So as we looked at all those this quarter, you and I have talked about this before, I continued to be astounded at the number of Iowa manufacturers primarily who intend to make a capital expenditure. In this quarter alone, 64% of those who responded say they're going to make a capital expenditure. And you know, we've had some incredible percentages over the years. All I can say is that it means that folks, number one, have some capital and they want to use it. Two, that they're fairly bullish on their business or they're bullish on the idea that they can increase business by taking action. And third, that they intend to do it right away. And so that's good for them. It's good for the communities in which they're located. Good for Iowa. It was interesting in this survey that the response when it came to uh, sales was at least half of those who responded, a little over half, I guess, expect stable sales. They don't expect them to go up. They don't expect them to go down. I think that's a win in this economy. You know, it's still a lot of talk about recession. One can argue manufacturing is in a recession and yet uh, not a huge drop in sales. And that's pretty good news. Businesses value stability. They need that stability to plan. They need that stability to, to uh, make their projections and all sorts of things. And yes, the uh, stable sales expectation is good news. Lots of stability when it comes to uh, projections about employment numbers. I think if you talk to anybody, they'd love to add a whole bunch, but at least they want to be able to keep those they have. And almost 60% of those who responded said that they expect consistent employment numbers in the coming quarter. So all that consistency is really good for these businesses as they make plans for the future. What we want as we go into a new year is stability, the opportunity to continue a positive path. And that's really the result of this survey. Now, you and I also know that there are challenges that are addressed. We continue to hear supply chain issues, supply chain challenges by our members. What's interesting there is it had gotten a lot better. You know, before the pandemic, maybe uh, it took two weeks to get a, a pallet of parts. And then it got to the point where it took a matter of months. And I'm not talking a few months. I'm talking in some cases 18 to 24 months to get that same pallet. And then the, it got much, much better. We were somewhere down around three or four months. And so that's not two weeks, but it's a heck of a lot better than it was. And now we hear some of those challenges coming back. So members are having trouble uh, sourcing components. They, they can't find what they need at the right price. The quality is bad. The distributor they've used for a long time isn't producing anymore. So we do hear more about that. And so that's why we're grateful for these, these other numbers that uh, bode well for 2024. Many of our members have made changes, I always say, on both ends of the spectrum, whereas before they might have tried to live by just-in-time delivery of parts. Now they want to get more parts. They'll carry more parts. They'll hold more parts at the beginning of the process, and they'll also build ahead. They'll have more finished product ready to be shipped, even if there's not an order. So on both ends, they've kind of extended the timeline, and that's served them well. The key, of course, is always is to find that right balance. You don't want a warehouse full of stuff that nobody's buying, but you want to be able to fill orders. And so it's interesting to see uh, Iowa businesses respond well to that challenge. More details on the survey results online at iowaabi.org. Mike Ralston of Iowa ABI and I connected via Zoom on Wednesday, December 20th. Coming up, the word community is a key part of this business's mission. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Hello, fellow Iowans. This is Michael Swanger, owner and publisher of Iowa History Journal. 2024 marks Iowa History Journal's 16th anniversary, and we have planned some amazing stories for the year that you won't want to miss and that you won't find in other magazines. Pick up our January-February issue on newsstands at Hy-Vee, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Books A Million, and other outlets. Better yet, subscribe so that you don't miss an issue. Visit iowahistoryjournal.com and order today. 
Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the group's 2024 legislative priorities by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. In this week's Business Profile segment, we'll revisit a conversation from earlier this year with James Klein, president of Cedar Rapids Bank and Trust. He also serves as a member of the board of the downtown district there. In the past decade and a half, the city of Cedar Rapids has seen more than its share of natural disasters. Two massive floods eight years apart, a record derecho, and of course the pandemic. In response, interested groups and businesses have rallied to redevelop key aspects of the downtown district. James Klein and I talked about the mission of the bank and its role in advocating for its city. Cedar Rapids Bank and Trust is a local community bank. We all work, live, and play right here. We have five locations. Our main office is the former Cedar Rapids downtown YMCA, so just up the street on First Avenue. And then we have four other locations in the area. Three of those are in Cedar Rapids and one in Marion. You know, it started in 2001. It came from a need that several of us bankers saw that we need a good local community bank that is focused, gives back to the community, and provides quick responsiveness to those that need it from a banking standpoint. What is different in terms of philosophy or structure of a community bank as opposed to a bank that might be even chartered in another state with uh, dozens of locations and uh, they traverse coast to coast? That's a great question, Jeff. The biggest answer, the most straightforward is we're a community bank and the word community is the key. So we are involved in everything from different events, helping economic development, and then uh, all of our decisions are made here right in Cedar Rapids, which gives us a great advantage to see and feel and know what's going on here locally, which can be very different than what's happening nationally. And from, uh, and I don't know that the term would be uh, diffusion or amortization, but if you've got a large national entity, bank or any entity, you can have a downturn one place and success other places, and it kind of levels out. But when you're focused on a limited region, limited is not a disparaging phrase, that puts uh, quite a spotlight on the need to succeed and to be prudent while at the same time meeting the other broader community goals you mentioned. It absolutely does. I mean, our clients, our communities, our people, family, and friends that we see and interact with all the time. And so it's really important for our staff to get involved, know what's going on, keep up to date, and uh, respond when things happen, like the flood or the derecho. Thankfully, we, we were part of that, so we could get out to the community and our clients right away and provide resources and solutions. I've been fortunate to work in downtown Cedar Rapids my entire career, and it is pretty self-contained. You can do everything from A to Z, work, live, play, and everything in between, all within the boundaries. And on nice days, there's a vibe, there's an energy the people are walking around, and you see it and feel it, and it, and it feels good, and it uh, spurs a lot of activity. That's got to feel pretty good to operate a business in this area when you hear those kinds of plans and that kind of enthusiasm for the future. That's worth an awful lot right there, is it not? It absolutely is. We have hired people at our bank that have come from other areas, and we give them tours and certainly include downtown, and nearly all of them are surprised by the 
many opportunities, the creative things, the arts, the culture that we have right here, yet you can get anywhere in 10 to 15 minutes. It's a great place to work, live, raise a family, great quality of life. James Klein, president of Cedar Rapids Bank and Trust. We spoke at the downtown offices of the Cedar Rapids Metro Economic Alliance on Thursday, January 12, 2023. And that brings us to the close of this week's program and the close of our fourth year on the air with the weekly Iowa Business Report. We're back again next week at this same time to begin year number five. And it's an appropriate time to thank the Iowa Association of Business and Industry for the support that allowed this program to begin shortly before a global pandemic struck and everything changed. For the past three years, our presenting sponsor has been the Center for Business Growth and Innovation at the University of Northern Iowa, Advance Iowa. I have greatly appreciated the partnership and have enjoyed working with them over that time. The Iowa Business Council came on board as a sponsor two years ago, and I'm pleased to tell you they will continue supporting this weekly radio program and podcast again in 2024. Thanks, of course, to the two dozen radio stations across the state that have made airtime available for this program every week. Most of all, thanks to those of you listening, because truly, without you, I'm just sitting in a room talking to myself. A reminder, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to TotallyIowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 18 now in all. The Iowa Business Report has been presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week and a very happy and safe new year. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.